Now, I've got some notes here, and the first part of my notes has the potential to cause complete bedlam and get everyone running around like headless chickens in this place, so I'm not quite sure whether I should start with this line or not, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. Could I have the next slide, please? (laughs) Don't worry, I haven't got... I haven't got a PowerPoint presentation that I've not disclosed. I've not got a, I'm not going to bombard you with PowerPoints this morning. But I am absolutely amazed at how that phrase has become part of life in pandemic Britain. Could I have the next slide, please? We hear it so often, whether it's Chris Whitty, Patrick Balance, Jenny Harries or Jonathan Van Tam. We must have heard that phrase dozens and dozens of times over the last 18 months of the Downing Street press conferences. And these prominent doctors have become well known to us all as we live through a global pandemic. They have become a great source of wisdom for us and for the government. But I wonder where you personally turn for wisdom, perhaps to relatives or maybe to a wise friend, or maybe you turn to God's word. Today, we'll look at wisdom in the book of Proverbs and look at some of the key characteristics of wisdom. And we'll do this by reflecting on three key points. Firstly, wisdom is valuable. Secondly, wisdom improves life. And thirdly, wisdom actually needs a response. Firstly, then, wisdom is valuable. What's the most valuable item in your life, would you say? How would you answer that question if I put you on the spot right now and asked you that? What's the most valuable item in your life? Well, my immediate response, without thinking about it too much, would probably be my house. It certainly sucks up a lot of my money. If I pondered the question a little longer, you might get a different answer. Maybe I would say my family, my wife, Claire, and my children, Daniel and Lily, It's them who I would really struggle to be without. Well, the writer of the book of Proverbs actually provides an extraordinary answer to this question. If you've got your Bible there, look at verses 13 to 16. Blessed are those who find wisdom, he says, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. I don't know about you, but I find that completely remarkable. Nothing you desire can compare to wisdom. Absolutely nothing. Wisdom, in this writer's view, is more valuable even than the most precious items on our planet. But what is this wisdom that is so valuable? Well, there's no definition in this passage, but we do get an idea of what precisely biblical wisdom is by searching elsewhere in the Bible. In Job chapter 28, verse 28, we see that the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Similarly, later in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, we read that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, fear in this sense as I'm sure you know, means to have reverence for God, to respect him, to obey him, to submit to him, and to worship him. 
having this attitude to God is wisdom. And if this, and it is this that is so valuable, a reverence for God that leads us to submit our lives to him. Well, maybe this sounds daunting. Maybe it sounds intimidating. Maybe living your life fearing God doesn't sound particularly wonderful. But if we return to verse 13 of our reading, we see that the writer believes that those who find wisdom, who understand the value of submission to God, will be blessed. Well, blessed here, just like in the Beatitudes, in Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, means happiness. Happy, the writer says, are those who find wisdom and who understand the necessity of placing God first in our lives. Why? Well, because it leads to riches beyond our wildest dreams, those of knowing God and being able to enjoy a relationship with him as a consequence of the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. The promise of forgiveness, of salvation through Jesus, this is worth more than any gold or silver or precious jewels. Knowledge of this is wisdom, and it is to this which nothing else can compare. Well, my children are six and four, and they both, unfortunately, love watching television and probably watch far too much of it. Daniel is now of an age where he has graduated from CBeebies onto programmes for older children. He's also worked out how to use the remote control and can probably work out how to use the television far more than I can. And his new favourite channel is CITV because they have lots of great cartoons, he says. This means that he and Lily are far more exposed to adverts than they have previously been. As each advert comes on, either he or Lily remark, oh, I'd really like that, or even worse, I want one of those. And they envisage that their lives would just be so much better if mummy and daddy would only succumb and buy them this new object of desire. But of course, it's not just children who fall into this trap. Most, if not all of us, fall into this trap. Maybe we're influenced, like my children, by the power of television adverts. Maybe we think our lives would just be so much easier if we could buy the flashy new home appliance being demonstrated on screen. Perhaps it's not something we've seen advertised. Maybe we think our lives would be so much better if we just had less stress in our lives. Or more time. I certainly feel like that at the moment. Perhaps it's a better job that we hanker after. One that would reward us more fairly for the work that we do. Or enable us to spend more time with our family and friends. Well, the writer of Proverbs makes it clear in this chapter that rather than a new washing machine or a better paid job, it is wisdom that really has the potential to improve our lives. Look at how he says our lives can be improved. In verses 25 and 26, he says, Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overstates the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Well, probably, like me, you've known rather more fear than you would have liked over the last 18 months or so. 
I remember last March watching the awful pictures of hospitals around the world being overwhelmed. I remember hearing how virulent coronavirus was. I remember the fear as people I knew started succumbing to this virus. I remember the fear I had as my wife Claire went to work in a busy A&E department coming into contact with with people with COVID every single day. I remember the genuine fear I had that this thing could wipe out my entire family. But here in Proverbs, we're told, have no fear of sudden disaster. But how can we have no fear when we find ourselves thrust into the heart of a global sudden disaster. Precisely because wisdom improves our lives. Because if we fear the Lord, if we trust him, follow him, put him first in our lives, if we worship him, he will be with us. That's not to say that we won't find ourselves encountering sudden difficulties in our lives. It is inevitable that we will find ourselves contending with difficulties and traumas. But God will be at our side. If we place our trust in Christ, we can know his Holy Spirit working in us and through us. And our ultimate hope is for a new life in God's new creation after our earthly bodies wither away. As Paul writes in his second letter to the Corinthians, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 to 18. Wisdom puts everything in our lives into an eternal perspective. Wisdom shows us that the troubles we encounter in this life are only light and momentary, taken from eternal perspective. Wisdom points us to an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Wisdom improves our lives by helping us to have a broader context for all that we experience in the here and now. If we understand that, we can see in this chapter how else wisdom improves our lives. Let's look at some of those ways quickly now. Wisdom will prolong our life many years and bring us peace and prosperity. That's there in verse 2. Wisdom encourages us to honour God with our bodies. And doing so would encourage us to live healthy lives and not abuse ourselves as others might do. The end result of this is longer life. This point is also made in verses 7 and 8. If we put God first in our lives and shun evil ways, we will be healthier and well-nourished. If we have an eternal perspective, our lives will be peaceful. If we are settled in our faith and know and trust that we are destined to have eternal life, we are far less likely to experience the existential angst and stress that others without this comfort face. 
Look at verses 3 and 4. If our lives are marked out by love and faithfulness, we will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. We will have lots of good quality friendships and the respect of others because we are known as trustworthy, kind, loving people. Verses 5 and 6 are particularly well known and loved by many. They make it clear that if we trust God and submit to him in all that we do, our paths through our lives will be straight and focused with a clear sense of direction and much less meaningless meandering. Verses 9 and 10 show us that if we give all that we have to God, he will provide us with all that we need day by day. Finally, for now, wisdom means that we will not know fear when we lie in our beds and sleep will be sweet, according to verse 24. If we place God first in our lives, life will make much more sense to us and we won't be kept awake at night worrying about all the horrible possibilities that might lay ahead. Our hopes lie in eternal life with Christ and there's no reason therefore to fear what we may experience the next day. Wisdom therefore is not just a philosophical concept but something that can actually make a real and practical difference to us every day in our lives. Wisdom really does improve life. If we want to have a better life, we need to forget all that the world tells us about looking for a better job or making more money or buying a new house. If we really want to improve our lives, we need to submit in all that we do to God, to fear God, to worship his son and honour him for the sacrifice that he made for us upon the cross. A couple of weeks ago, the children in my school, where I work as a teacher, sat exams. And there was an expectation when they sat those exams. The expectation that they had, and their parents had, and indeed that my employers had, was that having sat those exams, I would sit down and mark them and provide the children with feedback on how they did. A response was required from me. Of course, and this is always a temptation, I could have gathered up their papers and at the end of the exam just dropped them in the bin. It would have saved me a lot of time. But then, what would have been the point of them sitting these exams in the first place? Well, there would be no point at all. It would have been an entirely pointless exercise. But do you know what? Wisdom also needs a response. What would be the point of fearing the Lord if this didn't change how we acted? The writer of Proverbs highlights just some ways we should respond to wisdom. Look at verse 27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. If we are in a position to do something to improve the lives of others, then we should grab the opportunity to do so. It might be making ourselves available for a chat. It might be helping them out when we can, supporting them practically. It might be lending them something or giving them something. Ultimately, it means being a presence in their lives, loving them for who they are and helping them to see the value of wisdom and the impact that wisdom can have in their own lives. It means being clear with them how our relationship with Christ is at the heart 
of all that we do, how it improves our lives and gives us hope and purpose, and how it could be the same for them too. What's more, we should do this now, straight away, whilst we have the chance. As the passage says, do not say to your neighbour, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you, when you already have it with you. We need to act now. The passage also instructs us in verse 29 and 30, do not plot harm against your neighbour who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse anyone for no reason when they have done you no harm. We must be positive, kind and loving in all of our interactions. Wisdom needs a response. And that response is, as Peter writes in his first letter, to live such good lives among the pagans, as he puts it, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Our lives, informed by wisdom, should point those around us to the life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ. So, what then are the characteristics of wisdom? In a nutshell, wisdom is valuable. Wisdom improves lives. And wisdom needs a response. How will you respond?